Hey there. Welcome to the in-between. So glad y'all could join us. Before we get started, Chris. Yes, sir. My sister-in-law sent you a... Uh, yes. Um, a, a, like a, a bunch of stuff of McManus. Yes, Irwin McManus. Did stuff. you did you actually read through? I everything? didn't understand what all of it was because okay. it's little bitty. It's little bitty screenshots. Okay, and like the first thing because you like she really sent you good. all this stuff and you were like, "Hey, I love McManus." Yeah. So what's weird? The reason that she sent you this was not the first part. The reason that she sent oh. you this is McManus has come out with a clothing line. I saw that. Um, where uh, like a jacket is. $4,500. Who is McManus? Erwin McManus is a pastor. New York? I can't remember. New York? Or is it Michigan? Like, And I know those are... I can see why I would confuse those two. Uh-huh. Those are just both in my head. Is like when I heard him speak, he wrote Barbarian Way. And he did a... He was, he was one of those... At, I saw him at Keystone at a Christian camping conference. And he was, yeah. at, he was one of those speakers who you're like... I mean, this guy's at a different level of communication skills. Los Angeles. Exactly. Nailed That's it. exactly what I said. <laughs> nailed, nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> well, you know, if you combine New York city. with Michigan, exactly. what you think is exactly. Los Angeles. When you put those two together, obvious reference. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> which, I it totally makes sense. And he's got this, like, big spiel about how um, every, and it's like a poem about how every, uh, you know, all of creation is is different, and yet you can see the patterns across all of creation. It's like it fantastically tells us about the workmanship of Christ, or that God has uh, um, displayed in His creation and everything like that. And I guess to celebrate that, He's come out with a clothing line, which. I mean, is great. I have no problem with that. But like, there's a jacket that I'm not kidding is four thousand nine hundred fifty dollars. But isn't it made out of some kind of special material? I don't care. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I, would, I agree with you. <laughs> there's a there's I a hoodie. Car, I buy cars for less than that. There's I. That's exactly what I said. There's there's a hoodie that's two hundred sixty dollars. There's sweats that are two hundred sixty dollars. Paul, why like did you just pants. put that in your shopping cart? I'm you know, John's Christmas <laughs> list. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Somebody else is going to pay for that. Shop the road. Anyway, I like. I think he's great. I I've loved reading his stuff. I've never actually heard him speak, but um, I I don't. Please don't hear me saying like I have a problem with Eric McManus, but it was it was definitely one of those like, Girl. wait, what? Hmm. <laughs> And the, the bomber jacket that costs like $4,950 is sold out. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe he only made one of them. Exactly. But like, and holy cow. Yeah, no, I, I I'm, I'm keeping one. this one. <laughs> Wait, but what's there was something special about the fabric or something. Where he got the fabric. Where is this? I can't remember the location. This was on a post. Um, Irwin, uh, Irwin. Wow, he's aged well, too. He just looks more cool erwin rafael mcmanus.com good and, and he's paying for this commercial yeah i didn't know 
I'm not. I'm not expecting yes. anybody. Like there may be some hits on his website after people listen to us, but and by hits I mean like you know one or two. But <laughs> I don't think anybody that's listening to us is going to buy any of this stuff. I, I just I can't get past that. There it is. Like I thought there was in the in I know what he made I sent film stuff. So according to Wikipedia, about. he's an author. A futurist, a filmmaker, and a designer. What, okay, what the heck is a in integrating, futurist. so it's authentic World War II military material. That's what the thing is. So he's using canvas and cloth, cloth from World War II, leftover World War II material to make the clothing. I knew there was something like over the top about that, but wait, 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 again, wait, wait. that doesn't something over the top about that. Yeah. At the same time, I knew there was something special about it. It wasn't merely I made I made a pair of pants and it's twelve hundred and fifty dollars. It's I made a pair of pants out of World War Two canvas. And so some for someone who that's cool enough to pay twelve hundred dollars for, like knock yourself out. But I mean I just feel like we talked about the <clears throat> did we talk about on, on this podcast the the um uh preacher sneaker Yes thing like i feel like this is begging yeah <laughs> very interesting anyway so okay the quick story that he told that i loved was because there's a christian camping conference uh-huh. he told the story about his son coming back from camp and having nightmares coming back from a christian camp having nightmares and he was like oh great these christian campers told my kid ghost stories you know you can't do blah blah, blah whatever so he sat down with his son, who was, I, I don't know how old, four, five, six, seven, I don't know how old, like he said an age, it's been too long. And he said- But um, a child. But a child, who had been, to, but was still old enough to go to camp, so I don't know where that, what that is. But he, he said he asked his son, like, what, what are you having nightmares about? And he said, demons. They taught about angels and demons at camp. And he was like, well, shoot, because now I can't just say, son, there's no such thing as ghosts. Like, now I'm stuck. Yeah, you got to explain it. And so he said, dad, will you pray that, that the demons- that I won't be afraid of the demons. That's what he said. Dad, will you pray that I won't be afraid of the demons? Uh, that's good. And Irwin said, no, but I will pray that the demons are afraid of you. And that through God working in you, greater Dang. is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And what I will pray is that your ministry will be such that you it is appropriate for you to respect demonic power. My prayer is Scary. that you will be such that the demons will be afraid of you. And I was like, that that'll work. I like that. That's that's a way to turn that around on its head. That was good parenting. That was also the year that Sam Holm. We had and most of the other speakers that year were not great. That was the year that Sam Holm leaned back to me. And again, remember Sam Holm was like twenty then. Yeah, he's now a pastor, great pastor. Look him up. Um, he's is he still at McKinney? No, I he's, thought, at, he's at McKinney now. He's at McKinney now. Okay. Yeah. Um, he was at Pike's. He took Pike's old job, but he uh, yeah. But now he's moved. Yeah, okay. now he's, now he's a lead. He's, he's lead pastor. Lead pastor. Okay. McKinney. Um, and uh, I love listening to Sam's preaching and stuff, teaching. But he, uh, um, he leaned back and was like, "How do you deal with?" And this is a young man asking an authentic question because he's asking about himself, and it was also a compliment to me. He goes, "How do you deal with sitting here in a, in a conference like this, knowing you could be doing a better job on stage than the people on Ooh. stage?" And I was like, "Brother, that is a very humble, honest." 
prideful question. Like it's a, <laughs> it's a humble recognition of the pride that you know I'm dealing with and that you know you're dealing with. So how do we, yeah. and we, it was a great conversation we got to have. So yeah, Lori's got some great Sam stories. So some <laughs> he's a good them. dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need to have him come preach sometime. That'd be, yeah. That'd, that'd be fun. Sam, if you're listening. That. We need trade. No, we need trade this is not he's the not avenue. We're going to send him this. Someone send Sam this uh, this podcast. Okay. Okay. Done. <laughs> um. All right. We we got to talk about Matthew. Yes, we do. Um, because you know that's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. We're gonna, we're going to talk about Matthew. Um, on Sunday, we talked about Luke. Paul did a great job walking us through Luke and peace. On Sunday. Yep. Man, that was good. Um, and now we're moving on to Matthew. Yep. But we got to talk a little bit about the difference between um, Luke and Matthew because uh, Luke and Matthew both have genealogies of Jesus. Yes, they do. In them, but they are different. Because, Isn't that wild? Well, because the Bible's not trustworthy. Isn't that the stop it? The contradiction. <laughs> Contradictory, right here. You weren't listening to Paul. Okay, don't send this. All. Don't yeah. send this to Sam. Don't send it to Sam. After all, you know, ixnay on the amsay. Um. Anyway, yeah. This is this is actually it is a big point of contention in the atheist kind of the neo atheist is this kind of thing as if there's no way to explain it, but which of course is ridiculous. Matthew no way and to Luke explain that. would have had Matthew probably each would have either communicated with one another mm-hmm. and would have had copies of each other. And neither of them are like, yeah, don't listen to that Luke guy. He's you know what he was talking about. And Matthew and John doesn't correct either one of them who wrote with both of them. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have a problem with it. Yeah. So we, what we've got to figure out is why were they okay with it? Cause right. they would not have been okay if either one of them was lying. Right. And it's, it seems obvious to me that neither one of them is mistaken like they're just coming at it from two different perspectives. Okay. Now, what those perspectives are, there you go. Paul and I disagree on. Maybe, maybe, and we probably don't know. And we <laughs> we also have no idea. So I've always been, and this I will admit this is something I've just never really questioned since it was taught to me that that Matthew is telling Joseph's family line. Yeah. And that Luke is telling Mary's family line. Yeah. And and that's and now granted, that is an assumption. The people who taught me that can't know that with certainty because it doesn't say that. But one of them ends on Joseph and one of them ends on Mary. Nope. One of them ends on Joseph and the other one ends on Joseph. Parentheses, allegedly Jesus' father. I mean, allegedly is kind of the language. It, so in Luke. So Luke, you have Jesus being the son, as was supposed, of Joseph, the son of Hi- of Heli, Heli, mm-hmm. the son of Matthias, the son of Levi, etc. So there's Joseph, and he works backwards. It works backwards, right? So he starts with Joseph and goes backwards. And Matthew ends with Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. Yeah. So they both end at Joseph. And both reference or start and end, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. End meaning Whatever. the yeah, one the right, above, one one right Jesus. above Jesus, yeah, um, is Joseph. In one case, it's quote the husband of Mary, and in the other case, it is quote like uh, I want to make sure as suppose as was supposed, because Luke is pointing out. I mean, it wasn't actually Joseph's right. son. That's one of the reasons they go to Mary for Luke's 
is because he's pointing out he's not actually the son of Joseph. Um, but we don't we don't know for sure. So that's I've never even after being taught that that was an easy answer that made good sense to me. Um, you were talking about John how Luke. Like we have every reason to believe, and I do believe Luke got his information from other sources, but but largely from Mary. Oh yeah, it, it, there's there there would be no reason for him to say that Mary treasured these things in her heart if he didn't hear that from Mary. Which is such a cool picture, isn't it? Yeah, I mean Mary, this uh, probably an old older woman. By the time Luke meets her, Luke was a follower of Paul, and you know I don't know how old Mary would have been, but you. And I love the idea of Luke sitting down over, you know, coffee or tea or something with Mary and maybe spending days with her and her adopted son, John, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And, and Luke asking questions, like y'all have both heard me teach this. You may not have Colson, but the, like, I, I like studying the book of Luke based on what question Luke asked Mary to get this answer. Now it's all supposition, Mm -hmm. but that's fun to me. That is fun. Um, so go ahead. I kind of, I kind of, no, jumped that's, in there. that's all I was saying was I, that, that, that the, the perspective that you seem to have, um, inside of this is, is what Mary would know. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's got her in Luke. It's got her Magnificat. Yep. Like, um, it tells more about what happened at the birth, at the like, birth and, and. I mean, even Jesus at the temple, Joseph probably forgot about forgetting Jesus at the temple. <laughs> Mary's like, this was huge that time that we forgot our child. Yep. Um, I mean, just all of that seems to be from Mary's perspective, um, which fits also because, you know, it talks a lot about John the Baptist um, and the, you know. It's in Luke when... John jumps in his mother's yeah. womb, right? And there was only four people there. Yeah, I mean Elizabeth, Mary, and two unborn children. Yeah, and you know that we know of at least. I feel like that's it. It seems like that's the case. So yeah. I, I, I never question that as as a source for Luke, a source, not not the source. Luke would have talked to a lot of people. Probably, but there there definitely seems to be things that he couldn't have talked to. Um, I don't think he would have been able to talk to um, Elizabeth. Um, my guess is Elizabeth was gone um, yep, before Jesus's ministry. We don't hear about her, at least. Yeah, and just John's what John was doing. If his father was dead, he would have needed to have some sort of care for his. Mother who only had one child. Yep. Anyway, all kinds of stuff involved there. Okay, but yep. y'all were talking about the emphasis of Luke and Matthew. That's where that's where the in their rumble had begun in their genealogy. <laughs> yeah. That that in in my mind it makes sense that uh, that that Luke is pointing to um, the Jewishness of Jesus if he's coming through Mary's line because the Jewishness of a child is passed on through a mother. Yeah, and I think the end game 
actually shows the greater highlight. Whereas I think Matthew is the one who's recording the Jesus's Jewish race going back to Abraham. Because the end, if the end is Abraham, then if you're a son of Abraham, then I mean, again, that's a distinction and a title that meant you're a Jew. And then whereas Luke is working backwards and he goes to Abraham, yes, Four but Jews. then goes past Abraham all the way back to Adam saying Jesus is a member of the human race, which again, we even talked about in his presentation of, you know, establishing Jesus in the world history. Like that mm-hmm. he is, because Luke as a Gentile writing to other Gentiles wants to, yes, say this guy is a real person and then, you know, reliable and then for you, like for all people. And so I think, I think is what Luke's doing is a broader tracing of Jesus's lineage going all the way back to Adam to show the relatability, not just to the Jews, but to all humankind. Mm. And that might've been important uh, for Luke. I, I, I see what you're saying. Um, it just, it, 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 it makes sense to me um, or it has, it has made sense to me. I'll put it that way. Um, that through Mary's line, you see Jesus's Jewishness and through, uh, um, Matthew's uh, genealogy through Joseph's line, you see Jesus as king. Um, and, and, and that's true. I think Matthew is giving king a of legal line yeah, all the way back all to the, David. All the to way back. Sure. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, all, all of that with the understanding that both of these guys would, would have known that Joseph actually is not Jesus' father. So... Right. Like, and that's it is and that's and, important for sure. And there is a thought of like, so a lot point to the fact that so in in Jewish customs, in the case of a marriage um, relationship where the daughter oftentimes if she has no other brothers, mm-hmm. the father will then adopt the, the husband. husband of the yeah. And so a lot point to this harmonization because Mary citing Mary doesn't have any brothers, so thus her dad when she marries Joseph adopts Joseph Heli. Mm-hmm. Whatever his name is, yeah. And then that, that again could be one of the reasons why Luke's text deviates a little bit. But going back, and essentially what it is, they trace them back. I guess to um, Matthew does it through, I guess through Solomon. Um, but then Luke goes back to Nathan, so David's mm-hmm. sons in a different direction. And so mm-hmm. again. It is interesting because at the same time, Matthew, I mean, one of the other things is in Matthew's genealogy, several women are listed, but Luke mentions none, no women. Yeah. I mean, it's, and those, those, those women are, um, in, in my opinion, fantastically placed. Um, I mean, that's, you're, you're not talking about, I mean, we, we, we champion Ruth a lot because of her story and everything like that. But that, that would not be the person that you would want in your genealogy. Oh yeah. There's a moment when Jesus, Jesus genealogy narrows down to one quarter Jewish. Yeah. Rahab, Rahab, Canaanite, not a, not a Jewish. And then, so and also Rahab's son, who and is also half Jewish. fantastically not someone you would want in your genealogy. That's right. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to reference on Sunday. You know, I always have to be careful with this. I think prostitute is enough of a word that little kids aren't going to connect to. Oh. Um, 
You could say woman of ill repute. That's exactly right. But so I'll, uh, here's here's a uh, this the is, list I've created. We were so talking far. last night about the 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 moment that Micah, my son, who doesn't have a volume lower than yelling, <laughs> is going to ask a question in church in the, in the middle of the this service. This is going to be this it. is going to be the Sunday. Daddy, what's a prostitute? Yeah, yeah. As it echoes across your pause. <clears throat> what is a yeah. woman of the night? <laughs> is that better? Really? No. Okay, men, women, Jew. By the way, even women being included in in it is already probably scandalous. Mm. So that's I was I've read that everywhere. I don't know we know that. I will tell you guys the whole dividing out Matthew's focusing at the Jews, you know, Luke is focusing at the Greeks, the I mean all that all type people, of breakdown. Yeah. I don't I've never bought that. I yeah. think that's a Hellenistic way of a, of looking at all four of them. Well, hold on because Luke then writes Acts which is a Hellenistic apology. This is what Acts is is a uh, apologetic historiography of how um, the the Christian faith came to the Greeks. It is, but that doesn't make it Hellenistic. It, I don't. I don't. I, it is the target audience are the Hellenists, the people who converted when the Jews seemed not to uh, take in the message of Jesus. Um, but even even Paul's argument on on Aries Hill on Mars Hill yeah. is anti-idol, which is very Hebrew. Yeah. It's a very Hebrew argument that he makes. Yeah. So that's the that's the the book of Acts, I don't think is written just to Greeks. No, I don't think it's written to Greeks. I right. think it's written to explain. Yeah. That's how, not what how but, it's how it how the Greek Right. How how it is to the how the gospel is for got to the Greeks yeah to everybody to everybody not just the Jews right what do you what do you mean when you say it's Hellenistic right so it is that it's not that the target audience is not it's not written by a Hellenist to Hellenists no and so it is not it's presented by a Jew making Jewish arguments in this case at the end of Acts to Greeks but it's reporting that to the Christians of how it grew, because it's a research paper for Christians, for Theophilus. So that's that's what I mean. It isn't that there aren't Hellenist people in it. It's that it's not a Hellenist argument, even in the—it's not a Greek argument. It's still the Messianic argument against the Hellenist argument for creation, for no, purpose, I, for identity. It, it is not— in, in, I mean, that, that seems obvious to me, because it's not, it's not going to change the gospel— Right, like the the story is the story, and and it 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 is like this is the God of the Jews, but it's also the God of the Jews are His people. Yeah, this is this is the 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 God who has revealed Himself through the Jews. There you go. Um, but it he's he is the God of all gods and right. everything there like you that. Go. Right, but Acts is like Acts is one of those books that kind of defies a lot of genres um because Agreed. it 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 is written for a, for a specific purpose like that that the history that is shown is not all of the history like he doesn't he doesn't tell you a lot about peter after a certain point right he doesn't tell you a lot about um any of the other disciples that have gone to other parts of the world he start he he goes real like specific really quickly to how it started going west right how the gospel started going west and so it it would make sense that uh, the book that he wrote before this would would also have that 
bent to it. But but Luke is a traditionally not considered a book for the Greeks. It's considered a book for mankind. So when you divide them out, isn't Mark the one traditionally understood as like, this is for the Jews, this is for the Greeks, this is for everyone? I don't remember. Or maybe they don't include John in it. But regardless, my belief now is all of them should be looked through the lens of the Jewish context, not through a Greek context or a whatever. All of them need to be looked at through the Jewish context context even mark and luke who probably weren't directly jewish i i mean i see the benefit of that because because the jewish context has been so um ignored ignored yeah, i was like neglected not, is a better word not, neglected i was about to say underscored i was like no that's the exact opposite <laughs> yeah exactly um but yes undersold undersold like yeah. that 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 people haven't been looking at it and this is a this is a story especially at its um, at during this part, it a very Jewish story, right? There's because the main characters are all Jewish, all Jewish, right? Um, and, and that's that makes absolute sense. But when it comes to why he would have the genealogy the way that he does, I I always thought that Luke had the genealogy the way that he does because he wanted to point to this story being a Jewish root. Yeah, this is this is. You, you have to understand the Jewishness of this in order to understand the the fact that it is for everyone. But I do think that, um, you know, he he moves on from, I mean, he's he's writing Luke to Theophilus. He's writing Acts to Theophilus. Like, this is a, a part one and a part two. Yeah. Um, I don't think huh. that it's two yeah, separate. That. <clears throat> Reminding me, I'm, um, what's his name? So there's a guy named Streeter who actually had provide he's supposing, but he pr- proposes an alternative title for the book of Acts, um, simply called the road to Rome. And that's exactly mm. what he says is he says that, uh, God's plan for the renewal of life of mankind, you know, is, is through Jerusalem, the heart of old Israel, mm-hmm. but that's Israel was the goal of stage one, as he says. And then what Acts does is it takes it to stage two, which is to Rome, the yeah. center of the world. So it's like, it's, if if you're still just trying to put a put a picture on it in your mind, it's the same journey to Jerusalem, but then the difference is one stops there and the other continues on to Rome. Mm. But you got to start with the same journey to Jerusalem. If you get to Rome, bypassing Jerusalem, you did it wrong. But if you're going to Jerusalem and you stop at Jerusalem to emphasize to those who would have a disposition greater towards Jerusalem then that would make sense if you go through Jerusalem and then expand it further to Rome. Again, you're drawing in another audience, including more of the Gentiles. And 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 yes, Luke, with his emphasis of the rejection of Jesus, I think is clearly continuing that by the line Jews. by the Jews, continuing that line to point to. It is, it's not that they get to be bypassed, that they're not significant. They missed it. We don't need to talk about it. We need to talk about how this is directly to you. No, this is... This was directly for them, and then now is extended beyond them to you as well. That's why so many of yeah. Paul's letters are, and we take it. I mean, it's why John is. I mean, uh, Peter is so shocked when Jesus sends him, you know, to Cornelius, or the idea of taking and eating. I yeah. have so much of Jesus' teaching, like when he talks about, I have sheep and that you know nothing about. I have flocks you know nothing about. Like that was one of those big shocks to these Jewish followers of his was. You know, this isn't it. This isn't for 
only us. And that was yeah. that was outside of their worldview. Well, we didn't not, talk- to, not to um, uh, sound like a commercial again, but again, on The Chosen, there's uh, one of the episodes, actually when he talks to the... I've now seen the first two, by the way. Okay. Well, when he gets to the woman at the well... Um, uh, that is, you see as, especially Peter, like, what are we doing? Cause what are we doing? Right. But, and then also fantastically, as soon as he realizes that this means that Jesus is going to start telling everybody who he is, he's like, I'm in, which I loved. What were you going to say, Paul? Oh, just with the concept of to, to all people. That was one of the things that we didn't really talk about in the sermon on uh Sunday it was just for the sake of time, but actually there's a, a pretty big dividing line when the angels make that declaration that this is for all people. Um, mm, that yes. A, that a lot of people think, well, it's a shepherd, it's a Jew, they're hearing this, this is for the Jews. And then yet, well, is this beyond the Jews? Is this truly for all people? And it is, mm-hmm. a, I, I mean, there's a lot of uh, contention, I would say, over that line of what what should, even if, even if they hear it in that context, should that define the meaning of the context? So that even though it, it, it probably is most likely, and I would agree that when the shepherds hear to all people, they're thinking to all your people, all the people, meaning like Jews, Jews. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, I, that, that isn't, I think in question that they're probably most likely thinking that, but then does that get to be read back into the meaning of what the angels are saying that this really was, for just the Jews, or is it beyond that? Yeah, no, I, I think it's got to be um, beyond that because because the original um, promise to Abraham was that all people would be blessed through his genie, his lineage. All yeah. people would, not just his people would. Yeah. Um, and so, I'd, present company included. Present company included. <laughs> um, it, it's a pretty fantastic thing, um, but. We didn't actually get to talk that much about Matthew. We didn't, so but it was I'm still good. <laughs> very excited about what you're going to tell us um, on Sunday about um, Matthew and um, the joy of the joy, 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 joy of uh, how the the gospel um, was made clearer inside of it.